It's the Hoffman Show on the Team 980. Always live as well on the free Odyssey app. Streaming live on YouTube too at the Team 980. Uh, for the YouTube stream, we uh, we forgot to hit a button to start the show. And you know what, Anthony? You can go get the fine board out of uh, my studio and you can put a 15-point fine on me. That's 100% my fault. That is a significant fine. Uh, but if you missed uh, my opening thoughts on Eric Bieniemy and such uh, and, and his comments today about the QB change, you can, of course, rewind on the free Odyssey app. We were live on the radio. I just forgot to start the stream, and that's on me. Uh, however, now we bring in someone who doesn't make those kinds of mistakes, a real expert, subject matter expert uh, on, on the NFL, and, and frankly, so much more. Uh, it's our pal Mike Jones. Time for Not My Beat. Today's top story from the perspective of someone who's there. You are looking live. This just in. Not my beat. Mike, of course, is a senior reporter for The Athletic, and he joins us now. Mike, how are you, sir? I'm doing well. How are you doing, Craig? I'm doing well. Happy holidays to you. Happy holidays to the family. Um, hope that it's uh, it's been a relatively easy end of year for you, though. There's there's lots happening uh, in the league that you cover, uh, including in here. And by the way, I do want to mention um, I, I was scrolling through my Twitter replies uh, on Sunday night and I saw that Mike had replied to a tweet. Mike, I did. I did a very smart thing uh, for for my general wellness, which is I took Twitter off of my phone. So hey, I did not I did not ignore smart. your very good response to one of the tweets that I actually did put out in the game. It's just that I then decided to get off of Twitter and didn't see it until I opened my iPad or whatever device I was on later. Hey, I have had many times that I have done that just for mental health. And so hey, I don't blame me one bit. Yeah, um, but you you did have some good, I think, perspective. Um, and I'm glad that we can talk about it here on the radio instead of on that godforsaken website. Um I, I, th I thought you had some good points about kind of how we've gotten to this point when it comes to Sam Howell and where all the different, you know, pieces of the blame pie, if you will, start to come together. Ultimately, when you look at kind of the pecking order of reasons why Sam Howell has now been benched for Jacoby Brissett from the, the kind of ecosystem around the team to how Eric approached it to Sam's skill level itself. Um, why do you why do you think that we're here? I, I don't know if there's – I don't think there's one reason. I think there's a lot of reasons and that went into this, and none of them were good. Um, I think <laughs> Sam was starting before he was actually ready to be a starter. I mean, look, and I know all this the, – the Howell Hive, all those people will be like, well, he was leading the league in passing. Well, yes, he was, okay, which was, you know, great, which was nice and everything like that. But – you always got to take that stuff with a grain of salt early on because as we've seen as the season has progressed, it's not that Sam has gotten worse. It's just that defenses understand his game better and they understand what Eric Bieniemy wants to do better. Um, and that's why and they've faced tougher defenses as well. And I think when you have a young quarterback, it is clear Eric Bieniemy knows how to draw up plays. He knows how to X and O and everything like that. I'm surprised as a foreign running back that he doesn't run the ball more. But it's clear he doesn't understand how to support a young quarterback because he's used to working with Patrick Mahomes, who's a wizard. The, right. the lack of a consistent run game, um, the lack of balance, really put way too much pressure on this young quarterback. And also on Ron Rivera and, and, and Martin Mayhew, the offensive line they put this guy behind. If you're going to put a young quarterback out there, you've got to give him two things a really strong offensive line, and a strong run game. And Sam Howell didn't have any of that, 
and he was dropping back to throw way too many times a game for a quarterback um, uh, at his point in his career. And so that's why this thing didn't work out. And just again, these defensive coordinators are really smart. And once they figure out, oh, this is what he likes to do, they know how to take stuff away from uh, a quarterback, from a play caller, and they know how to put them in really bad positions. And that's what we've seen uh, throughout the second half of the season. I love the way you put all that because it shows how many different fail safes had to fail for it to go this badly. Like Sam probably could have used a little bit more time to marinate, but if you put him in the right ecosystem, maybe you can overcome that. If Eric does this, if the line is better. Um, and when you think about your time now covering the league as you have, um, obviously I think most of the audience knows Mike, of course, used to cover the commanders for the Washington post, but has been covering the league at large for uh, the better part of a half decade. If not, I don't know, Mike, what is time anymore? Like 2019 was last year, but also five years ago. So how long has it been since you've been covering the NFL for the athletic? Uh, USA Today and and the whole deal. A year, USA Today is 2017. I've covered the NFL as a whole between Washington and this for, shoot, 12 years. So I've seen a lot of football, talked to a lot of coaches, a lot of GMs, a lot of scouts. It's not that I'm an expert. I just talk to people (laughs) who are experts. Right. Point being, though, like you, you've seen people you covered here span out throughout the league, obviously, and, and then you've been covering the league as a whole for a long time now. When you see young quarterbacks succeed and they're able to avoid some of these pitfalls that we just talked about, how, how do the coaches, how do the quarterbacks adapt and adjust in a way that, you know, whether it's Sam and, and someone taking a shot on him again next year here or probably more likely uh, a draft pick coming in that you, you don't see these midseason dips and turns towards, uh, you know, hey, we can't operate anymore because the defense has figured us out. No, I mean, you've got to set the table for them. You've got to, okay, if the offensive line is not protecting them in all these drive back situations, You've got to go with more of a run game, and you've got to go with more play-action passing attack. That will buy time. That will cause a split second of hesitation in the minds of the defensive players because they know they have to respect the run. If you're not going to even try to run the football, they can just pin back their ears and come after you all the time. And so that's what we've seen right here. So if you think about the young quarterbacks that are having success in the league right now, think about C.J. Stroud. He's from that Shanahan school of offense that believes in building a strong run game and using the play action and using the bootlegs, not, you know, moving the quarterback out of the pocket, not just being a sitting duck back there. Because, I mean, I think that's what we see sometimes when there's a scramble drill, Sam can be really good. He can throw on the run and everything like that. But at the same time, he's presses at times and he makes some really bad interceptions on scramble drills as well. Um, so there's just ups and downs and there will be ups and downs with young quarterbacks. But again, he has not been supported and brought along in a way that is best for his development. Mike Jones, senior NFL writer for The Athletic with us. What do you think this has done for Eric Bieniemy's reputation and potential OC and head coach candidacy around the league? I mean, I think if you have a veteran quarterback, then he is, you know, good. And, you know, he's shown, hey, I can, you know, put together a, a snazzy passing attack um, and an offense that can can move the ball. Now, I really would have been curious to see what he would have done with Jacoby Brissett as his starting quarterback because we've seen Jacoby gets the ball out of his hands quickly and he moves the ball downfield. Um, and, you know, again, also, these defensive coordinators did not have time to game plan for Jacoby Brissett. So I'm not going to say that he's amazing, but I do think that a veteran quarterback just understands 
has a better internal clock, and has some, a firmer grasp on how to execute this type of offense. Um, and we're going to see in the next couple of weeks. Unfortunately for Jacoby Brissett, he's going against San Francisco's defense and Dallas's defense, who are going to rip him apart because they have an offensive line that's terrible. So you're not going to see what he can all, also do fully, but you will see flashes of what this offense could be like with a veteran quarterback. When you look at the, the top candidates around the league, um, GM and head coach wise, um, let's start with, let's start with the head coach, uh, you know, tree. Like there's been a, a severe turn towards offensive coaches. The data suggests that's typically the better hire. Obviously there are also very clear exceptions. Like what, what's your kind of generic top three to five, whatever the top kind of echelon of, of candidates is for you that if you're Josh Harris and company, you'd be looking at after the season. You know, I don't know that you have to have an offensive coach. Um, I think you need to have a strong leader. Uh, if you and, and I've been asking around, like, what kind of coach is Josh Harris looking for? And not a lot of people know because, remember, you know, he has not been in NFL circles. So it's a lot of guesswork. But if you look at what he did in the NBA, he went after established guys, Doc Rivers, Nick Nurse, guys who – you know, won a lot of games. He didn't go with young guys. So, you know, does that mean it's a retread guy? Um, does it mean that it's, you know, pursuing somebody by a trade? I don't know. But I think it's more of an established type of guy um, that would be, um, you know, something that he would look. And, again, it's all guesswork. Everybody I've talked to, you know, they would like to know as well. And there hasn't been a lot of whispers on, who oh, Washington's coming after this guy or going after these coaches. So I don't know. I don't want to say, oh, you know, Ben Johnson is going to be great for them or something like that because, again, I think that he probably would go with the veteran guy, um, you know, but does that mean it's an offensive mind? Because we're seeing D'Amico Ryan's as a defensive guy, and, you know, he just armed himself with a smart offensive coordinator and Bobby Slowick, and they're having success there. We saw the Panthers go after an offensive guy because David Tepper just had to have an offensive guy with Frank Reich. And he brought in, you know, all these different offensive minds with Jim Caldwell and Thomas Brown and Josh McCown. And they had too many cooks in the kitchen and it was a disaster. So I don't think it has to be an offensive guy or a defensive guy. It just has to be a guy who's got a strong vision and knows how to select talent um, from a coaching staff standpoint and, and get his message across and get guys to buy in. Yeah. Um, is there anybody on the, the executive side that you really particularly like? Um, and again, like I know you, there's only so much information available on who Harris wants and he's keeping things pretty close to the vest. Um, you know, he's not he's not in these NFL circles where everyone's got their sources, et cetera. Um, but just you you're around, you talk to people like is, is there anybody that you've talked to over the last couple of years? Um, where you're just like, man, that's a future GM. That guy's really sharp. Um, I know there's, uh, you know, so, some uh, there's a woman in the the Browns front office as well. So I don't want to say just guys, but like any, any people around the league where you're like, yeah, future GM would be a great fit um, anywhere. Yeah, I mean, I think that you do have to look at okay, who are some of the smart teams, the smart GMs, and then okay, who are the people training under them? Whether it is. Um, in Philadelphia with Howie Roseman and his staff, and he's got guys like Brandon Hunt uh, who have been in Pittsburgh's organization for a long time and then came to Philly. Um, Jeff Scott, who is actually in Washington, who's yep. been working under him. Um, hear good things about him. Um, you know, look at Cleveland. That's a front office that has built a really strong team. They lost their starting quarterback 
both right tackle, left tackle, starting running back, and they're going to the playoffs. Um, Glenn Cook um, is a guy that's in that front office that, you know, and then San Francisco has got guys that have been being brought along under, um, um, you know, Kyle Shanahan and, um, uh, shoot, why am I blanking on there, uh, John Lynch. So, you know, I, I think that you've got to look at some of those organizations that have been a part of building something and a strong culture and then go from there. I don't like the head coaches, the coach and the GM uh, model. I think you need to have a team, um, you know, and people have said, oh, you know, Bill Belichick, I don't think, you know, that that'd be a good idea because Bill Belichick has shown in the last several years he doesn't know how to evaluate talent anymore. Um, so I don't know which way they go, but I would definitely be looking at some young, talented guys that have come or, or you know, women who have come from winning organizations um, that have a strong track record of um, success and people who have been around smart minds for a good while. I would say that also, by the way, fits the Josh Harris model, right? Like even think back to his first head coach for the Sixers was Brett Brown, um, who right. is not the veteran established guy, but did come from the San Antonio culture. So, you know, the uh, let's get someone from a winning program approach certainly seems to be the way that, that Harris likes to do things. Um, wrap it up here with Mike Jones of The Athletic. Um, totally switching gears, Mike. This Russell Wilson situation is bonkers. Um, right. So for, for fans that haven't uh, been locked into this over the last 24 hours, um, your colleague, Diana Rossini, had reported, amongst others, uh, that basically Russ was told months ago, like, hey, man, we're going to give you this option to move your injury guarantees. If you don't, we're probably just going to bench you at the end of the season and, and cut you in March. And they're going to pay him like thirty seven million dollars uh, or there's there's like a cash number. That's crazy. Right. I think the thirty seven is the dead cap number. My question to you, Mike, is like. Have you ever seen anything like this? And especially for a quarterback, by the way, who I think is seventh in the NFL in passer rating. Like, he's not having a terrible season. He's 25 touchdowns to eight picks. Can you remember anything like this where the contract and the, the divorce was happening in such a bizarre, twisted way? Well, I mean, look, we saw Josh McDaniels do it to Derek Carr. Now, you know, he wasn't quite as effective. Uh, but Derek Carr wasn't having a bad year, but he became the scapegoat. Remember, they sent him home. Um, for the last, you know, two weeks of the season and um, to get, you know, avoid uh, the injury, yep. you know, get aspects. I think Jimmy Garoppolo, it happened to him. Um, so we have seen teams do it. What has been just so bizarre about this one here is just the way that Sean Payton, you know, first the scapegoat was, um, was um, Nathaniel Hackett. And then it was, you know, Russell Wilson. And, you know, I've been asking a lot of people around about this and, it's been pretty fascinating because there have been three schools of thought so far uh, from talent evaluators and coaches that I've been talking to the last two days. And one school of thought is that Russell Wilson can still be a starter in this league, and he got the shaft uh, by um, Sean Payton. But that it just, you know, Sean Payton didn't do a good job of adapting his offense to Russell's strengths and weaknesses. Another other school of thought is that Russell Wilson isn't what he once was, and Sean Payton was frustrated that, look, I'm having to do all this stuff to support you and mask deficiencies, and why am I going to pay all this money for a dude who's not what he once was? I can do this type of stuff with a lot of running and, and misdirection and things like that instead of my typical West Coast offense like I did in, in New Orleans. I can do that with a cheaper guy who's got a better upside because he's a rookie. And then the third school of thought is that, it's a little bit of everybody's fault that Russell is not what he once was his, you know, as a pocket passer, 
his strengths really are his escapability pocket passer. He's just okay. And that Sean Payton isn't what he once was as an offensive mind and hasn't done a good job of this. And that they also don't have around them what Russell needs to succeed. And that the, the Broncos gave him all that money because they thought this was going to be a Super Bowl run and it hasn't been a Super Bowl run. Everybody screwed up on all sides. And so now they have to move on from it. So it's been interesting that everybody has different opinions, uh, but those are kind of the three mindsets from the you know dozen or so people that I, I picked their brains about this. That all tracks. I mean, just it's so convoluted. Do you think the PA will have anything to say about this, like threatening basically a you know a contractual situation, or is this more along the lines of it feels immoral, but it's definitely not illegal? No, I mean, we see guys, they threatened, hey, look, if you don't restructure your contract, we're going to have to cut you. We see that happen all the time. That's the thing that why players are always as, you know, trying to get the guaranteed deals because teams don't value contracts. They don't respect contracts. They'll rip up a player's contract in a heartbeat. But if a player wants to hold out or try to get his contract re-upped, you know, a team then makes them the bad guy. So, you know, unfortunately, this is not um, something that is – you know, foreign or it, it just, it's dirty feeling, but it's not really something new. Yeah, no, that's a good point too. Mike Jones writing about all this and much more in the athletic. Uh, Mike, what game are you, uh, are you covering this weekend? Um, this week I'm actually, as we come down the, the wire, I'm keeping tabs on all the divisional clinching things. I won't be at one, but all the gotcha. teams are in position to clinch um, and then be ready to hit the road as playoffs kick off. Yeah, so that means if you're following him at by Mike Jones on the aforementioned Godforsaken website of Twitter, uh, that you will get multiple games worth of analysis, which is also great. Uh, Mike, thanks as always for the time. Again, happy holidays to you and yours, and uh, hopefully I'll, I'll run into you at some point soon. Sounds good, Craig. Hope you have a good one. Thanks, you too, buddy. Yeah, that is Mike Jones with us here on the Hoffman Show. Um, one thing, real quick, that I'll say, and um, is. Thank God Washington didn't trade for Russell Wilson or someone like Russell Wilson, right? Because you think of the like what happened with the Russell Wilson trade is right before they sold the team, the old ownership group, the estate of um, Pat Bolin, they greenlit the Russ trade. So that was the old ownership who burdened the new ownership with the contract, the quarterback, and giving up all of those assets. At least Dan Snyder, on his way out, hamstrung this team in a way that there is a blank slate moving forward. Like, if you're gonna, if you're gonna not be a good owner and you're gonna do something crazy, have it be don't invest enough on the way out, where it's just like, hey, all right, well, shoot, I guess the new guy's gonna come in, have one lost season, and then $80 million in cap space. And uh, by the way, he, he got some extra draft picks in the middle of the, his first season versus what the Bolin estate did to the Walton family and the Denver Broncos. That's brutal. Yeah. <laughs> Good gracious. Now. Because now, like, or is it, go ahead. What, what do they go from here now? Like, are, are, are they in a total necessarily rebuild? That's a lot. I think of you just invest cap- in whatever Sean Payton wants to do. You're just like, all right, man. You think you can do this with a younger quarterback? Like, we're paying you a bunch of money. We gave up draft picks for you. We're following your plan. And, like, he did turn them around this year from the brutal start and maybe, it, it you know, another year of bringing in their guys. And, you know, if I'm Peyton, I'm like, hey, this is going to be a slower rebuild because we don't have any of our freaking draft picks. No draft picks. 
probably not a lot of money because you got to eat a lot of this uh, Russell Wilson contract. Yeah, next year it could be terrible for them. Yeah. But what you do, I think, is you take the gigantic – because there's a thought you could split the – you do it post-June 1st. Yeah. Um, and you split the split it over two years. I might just take the whole thing this year. Might you be like, we are going to eat poopsie for a year. Oof. To be ready to go in two. But yeah. we'll see. Um, now, Dan Snyder certainly did not leave without leaving a whole mess of issues. Uh, we're going to talk to our old friend Don Van Nata about the most recent one that has wound up in a courtroom at 6 p.m. But next, our NFL tiers here on the Hoffman Show. It's the Hoffman Show on the Team 980, always live as well on the free Odyssey app. It is Thursday, 5.30. Anthony, it finally feels like the right day of the week, mostly. It does feel a bit like a Friday, uh, in part because I'm doing the show from home today. Um, so it's got that Friday feeling. But I finally feel like the, the week is calibrated. This is the right time for us to be doing NFL tiers. Uh, Are you not? You still feel off kilter? Nah, I feel like... I feel like it's a Wednesday, but I'm glad it's Thursday kind of thing. That that would be real bad if it was a Wednesday. Yeah. Can't be doing that. That's what I feel like right now. Because I don't know. I, we we've only worked three days this week. And uh it, yeah. it hasn't fully hit me. But tomorrow, Friday, I know for a fact Friday's gonna hit. Friday's Third. they always hit. Yeah. You got any you got any fun plans this weekend? What are you doing for New Year's? Uh I will be bringing the New Year in in the church. Okay. Yes. Uh, my girlfriend and I, we will be going to, I think we're going to Greater Mount Calvary. That's the, the, the church I went to as a kid. Um, Yeah. And then I'll be getting a haircut tomorrow. Those are my mm. weekend plans right now. Bringing the new year in fresh. Uh, we'll be we'll be asleep because we're old. <laughs> you, do you never wait for the count? Do you ever watch the countdown? Or do you just wait? Uh, it as yeah, day. I mean, I used to all the time. I just, oh. at this point, I'm like, okay, it's midnight. Go to sleep. Midnight's the time you're supposed to be sleeping. Why would today be different? So you sleep into the new year. Yeah, you wake up and it's like, oh, happy new year. Okay. It's 2024. And I'm rested. Well rested. Now I got a day off to enjoy. Yeah. I mean, I'm not poo-pooing anybody that say, I'm like, ah, you losers, you stay up. Like everybody else on planet Earth who's not a gigantic loser like me. But yeah, we probably probably won't be up. We have had a nice New Year's tradition the last couple of years, though. We um, we've we've made like homemade snacks, so like kind of like you go to a New Year's party and they've got all the fancy like finger foods and stuff. Mm-hmm. We've made our own. Ooh, we've made crab rangoons. We've made pot stickers. We've made okay. like all kinds of stuff. That's really good. I mean, as you know, my wife is an excellent cook, and I'm not so bad. Like I'm a I'm a pretty good sous chef. I'm even a good chef. Just she's better. Um, so I, I follow the lead and I follow instructions and, and we execute a, a plan. And that's been really fun. So if uh, any of my friends are listening and you want to come over and have a New Year's uh, Eve full of snacks, finger foods, probably put the college football. It's the one time a year I really kind of do watch college football and, yes, and watch sir. some of the bowl games. Um, although it'll be an NFL Sunday uh, this year. So definitely have some football on TV. And uh, you want to leave my house by 10 p.m., then you're, you just shoot me a text and uh, come on over. You know? You just got to be prepared to leave by 10. 
That's all. If, if they stay till 11, will you stay up and watch the clock hit 12? Uh, I mean, I you're, feel like we'd have to get to like 1130. Okay. I'm not necessarily going to kick. Depending on how much I like you, I might not kick you out at 10. Yeah. Anthony, if you came over, we'd let you stay. <laughs> okay. We'd let you stay. Uh, it's the Hoffman Show. We're on the Team 980. We're always live as well on the free Odyssey app. Uh, it's time for our NFL tier rankings. We do this every Thursday. We only have a couple more to go. Uh, Anthony, we do this in, in two weeks. Um, there's going to be a lot of teams that have no chance because they will have officially been eliminated. But the NFL sent out this stat the other day because I kind of anticipated more teams going down to that bottom category by now. Um, the NFL sent out, sends out like a weekly stats release that, that has always has some good stuff. There are 24 teams still alive good for gracious. the playoffs. Um, the way they phrased it is uh, alive for the Super Bowl. But 24 teams that are still playoff eligible, which is the second most in like 30 years. Uh, there was 26 a couple of years ago. Um, but 24 is an extremely high number for two weeks to go. I think that 26 actually was back all the way back in 2004. Um, so it is rare that the league is this open with this many teams technically still alive. And yet the commanders have been eliminated for multiple weeks, but we don't need to talk about that. We know they're in no chance. If you're new to the, the tier rankings, uh, the way it works is we got four tiers worth of teams. Uh, we got prime contenders. We got puncher's chance. Interesting, but not quite good enough and no chance. We always sort out the prime contenders first, Anthony. These are teams that we think could be in the Super Bowl. We would not be surprised if they wound up there. The Miami Dolphins beat the Cowboys in a competitive game. We have both those teams in prime contenders. I am just fine leaving them there. Uh, yes, I agree. I'm cool with leaving uh, those guys there. All right. Uh, then you had two other prime contenders play, the Niners and the Ravens. Yes, <laughs> the Ravens punked the 49ers on the road. Very impressive. Yep. If we wanted to do a true tier right now, the Ravens would get their own tier. But we're not Linnell. He just is a guest on the show. <laughs> we don't invent new tiers for, by the week. We try to have some consistency week over week. Um, I am just fine leaving both those teams here. Even if the Ravens, we acknowledge, have the ho nicest house in the neighborhood. Yeah, I think the, the 49ers would get some payback uh, soon. I well, that's that that's that's my opinion. you think they're going to play in the super bowl because yeah. that's the next time they, there's no more games between them on the schedule yeah soon is kind of soon two months um i'm pretty pretty pumped bro i'm going we're going or at least i'm going are you going are you are we gonna do are we gonna pull this off uh i'm still trying to figure that out okay. i have like 10 flights for the first two months of the year already Ooh, yeah that's I, a lot of flights it's a lot going on hold on time out time out from the tears do you have, uh, like, are you flying on the same airline, and do you have rewards miles, and do you have a rewards credit card? Uh, I don't have a rewards credit card, but most of my flights are pretty this, pretty much the same. I have so you, one Southwest flight. I have most of them are Delta, though. Do you have like a Delta Sky Miles number? Yes. So you're collecting points. Yes. Okay, good. You need to get a Delta credit card immediately. If you fly Delta on a regular basis, I have one of the Delta credit cards. Uh -huh. um, and it sucks because I would rather fly Delta, if I'm being totally honest. Just I, their flight pattern is not as good as American, so I wind up flying American more. I also have an American credit card for that reason. But Delta's got like some really good credit cards, and you can get like instant status. And you can also get like sign if you 
depending on what level you want to get mm-hmm. um, and like what level, what annual fee you're willing to pay, you could get like 100,000 miles pretty easily. Oh, not, okay. I need to look so like, into it. It's like if you spend X amount in the first three months, yeah, then you get like 100,000 miles. Oh, yeah, that's dope. And you'll probably wind up getting like a higher medallion status. And you get like free check bags and you get all kinds of stuff. Yeah, Anthony, we have to we have yeah. to get your travel. Uh, this, this I'm is glad like you a, told me about this. This is like a personal, uh, not a pet peeve. It's like the opposite. It's like a hobby horse of mine is, hey, make sure that you're maximizing your rewards, kid. Yeah, I need to. All right. Well, uh, let's talk about that in the break. Anyway, back to the tears. Uh, Chiefs, I know they looked bad, but they're still they're still them. They're going to pull out of this. I don't know whether they're going to win the Super Bowl again, but I feel pretty confident that they're going to pull out of this, and this is still the neighborhood they belong in. It's crazy. Uh, we haven't even considered moving the Chiefs down. Like, as up and down as the Bills have been all season, like, we haven't even considered moving the Chiefs up or down. I mean, I still think they're going to figure it out, but we say this about them every week. And uh, I think when the playoffs roll around, they're going to be in for a rude awakening. See, I don't. I'm still not convinced. I mean, they just they gave the Raiders the game last yeah, week. Yeah, they did. They and the thing did. is, like, they yes, they've lost. Let's see, what three of four? Uh, uh, am I reading this? Google Google is a very smart company. They have the worst schedule layout in the history of schedule layouts. Yeah, they do. All right, but the Chiefs they have, have lost three of four. Yep, and they have lost four of six. Mm-hmm. So going back to the Eagles loss, they they beat the Raiders, they lost to the Packers, they lost close one of the Bills, they beat the Patriots, and then they gave the Raiders the game. And I I just think that like this was the first week where I looked at Mahomes and was like, uh oh. If that happens again, if they face the Bengals on Sunday and Mahomes looks panicked and you know, like a Mahomesian version of what Sam has gone through here, where he's just trying to do way too much, doesn't just take the layups, all that kind of stuff, then I think we should consider moving them down. However, they are still nine and six. They still win the division with a win this week. And I'm just frankly not that concerned about them because their defense is still playing at a top five level and their offense still has Patrick Mahomes. You're not concerned. I am concerned. Okay. Concerned enough to move them down? Nah. Okay. Not One quite. One more week. Yeah. One more week. They lose this week. I mean, there are there are rules here. If you if you <laughs> lose three in a row, um, we we gotta we got four or five. Yeah. Yeah. We got it. We got to move you down. Um, that leaves. Let's see. Miami, San Francisco, Chiefs, Baltimore, okay. Dallas. And then Philly is the last team we need to consider here. Yep. They bounce back in one, which means they stay. Yeah. Jalen, by the way, looked uh, way better. Yeah, he did. He still threw a pick six, uh, which hurt a little bit. I think they should have – their pass defense is just so bad and really makes no sense because they just have so much talent on the back end. Darius Slay, he he has to get healthy. But outside of that, they're still just terrible, man. That's what concerns me the most about the Eagles. But – Offensively, I think that's fair. Offensively, I think they're as good as anyone. I, I definitely think the Niners are in a class on their own in the NFC. And not to say the Ravens aren't 
I mean, the Ravens probably should be in a class of their own, but I think the, the like the next best teams in the AFC are better. Yeah, Miami, Kansas City, etc. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, we saw what San Francisco did to Dallas. We saw what they did to Philly. So, um, and we're going to see what they do to Washington this weekend. Man. Yikes, bro! All right, that <laughs> leaves our puncher's chance. Interesting, but not quite good enough, and no chance. We'll get to that next. The Hoffman Show on the Team Nine Eighty and always live on the Free Odyssey app. It's the Hoffman Show, bringing, bringing you back with some Beyonce here on the Team 980, always live as well on the free Odyssey app. It makes us happy, if you will, Anthony Haney. All right, uh, we will sub the Beyonce, though, for the NFL music as we continue our tier rankings uh, in our prime contenders category. No changes uh, we got the Bills. We got, or sorry, not the Bills. We have the Eagles. We have the Chiefs, uh, the two defending uh, conference champions. We have the Dolphins. We have the Ravens, the Cowboys, and uh, the 49ers. So we got we got the teams that need to be there. The question is, is there anybody that needs to go up, Anthony, out of the puncher's chance category? I nominate for you the, the Detroit Lions. Detroit Lions. I knew it. I'm just hey, they're they're at the top of the the next class, and they won. Mm-hmm. I'm just that's it's a question that's supposed to be asked. I'm just doing the job. I think they're deserving of it, to be honest. Um, I think I think last week we talked about them uh, possibly moving up had they went on to win their game, um, and also they clinched their division. I think that they 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 have a legitimate shot. Well, they're going to be in the playoffs. We know that because yep. they've won. Now, we could we could take the easy way out here. You know who they play next, right? Who do they play? They play the Cowboys Saturday night. So we could just say, hey, if they beat the Cowboys, they're up. Or what, That's, if, what if it's a close game? That too, which is why I kind of think we just do it. I you think know, if they go to Dallas, then. here's the thing. It's at Dallas. So if they're remotely competitive the way the oh, Cowboys are at home. Yep. Then I think they they belong, and it's like, hey, well, if the Cowboys were to go to their place, you'd probably see a similar type of situation. Mm-hmm. Um, the Cowboys have been unstoppable basically at home, um, but I'm I'm intrigued by this game. Um, I think the 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 Lions are going to go compete. I think Campbell have them ready to go. Um, I'm ready to move the Lions up. I am too. Let's Detroit do it. Lions. Congratulations. The NFC North was nice, but you're officially in the prime contenders. We know that's what you've been playing for, yeah, all year. I just hope right. they don't get embarrassed, though, because last time they played a, a really good team that was in prime contenders, they got embarrassed by the Ravens. Yeah, don't love that. Yeah, Don't love that. Okay, uh, next up, the winners of three straight games, including an ugly one Saturday night against the Chargers, the Buffalo Bills. Do the Buffalo Bills all of a sudden belong in prime contenders once again? They do have... Uh, the lowly Patriots this weekend, and then they're at Miami to close the season. I, I, I still need to see more. Stefan Diggs hasn't gotten going yet, and I think they go as far as he takes them, to be honest. Like, yes, they've managed you know, win games other ways without Stefan, but I think if you're going to be a prime contender, I think you got to see you know, something out of Stefan. So if he goes out and has a huge game against the Patriots, the Patriots' defense isn't no slouch. That's a good point. Um, That's a good point. There is something to prove here. Move them up. Yeah. Okay. I'm good with that. Uh, And then they'll they'll obviously face Miami, but both teams could potentially have stuff locked up 
by then. Uh, all right. Now we have some other teams that I think. I think the Rams stay put. Yeah. Easy. Mm-hmm. Seattle, do we need to do anything with them? Nah, they stay. I agree. Uh, Texans, I feel like they stay because we're waiting on Stroud to get back. So even He's, though they he, lost, mm-hmm. uh, we anticipate Stroud playing this weekend, and we'll see how that goes. Which leaves us with the Jacksonville Jaguars. I don't trust them, correct? I don't either. I, I have been trusting them all season long, and I'm not going to start now. Oh, 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 oh you're moving them. Uh-oh. Oh, yeah, I'm, I'm moving them. They're down. Like, yeah. one, Lawrence is out. <laughs> and so, like, he hasn't been able to stay healthy this year. Yep. And he's the only reason that I would give them a puncher's chance is because, like, all of a sudden, if he finds it, he's really good. Uh-huh. Um, but he hasn't found it. He has settled into a kind of mediocre quarterback play. And, and for, honestly, most of the season, worse than that. Um, not something you consider top-half quarterback play out of Lawrence for much of the season. Um, they've found ways to win games at times, but I just I don't trust it. I think they're interesting because they have Lawrence, if he's healthy, and a bunch of other good players at TN, et cetera. But they're not quite good enough, and that's literally the name of the next category. Jags, down. Interesting but not quite good enough, which leaves in puncher's chance, Bills, Texans, Rams, Seahawks. Yeah, I didn't That feels right. Yeah, I didn't even realize they lost four straight. Yeah, it's uh, it's gone gone real downhill. Yeah. All right. Uh, interesting, but not quite good enough. Steelers. <laughs> we're definition leaving them there. It. We're we're not. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Definition of it. Definition they're, of they're it. They're the at the top of that. Yeah. New Orleans. Nah, we we can leave them there. Okay, I think I agree with that. Indy. Leave them. Yep. Green Bay. Leave them. Same. Minnesota. All These them. teams are all in the same neighborhood to me. Yeah. Bengals. I just feel like all these teams lost last week. I think we – well, some of them won, but for the there's, most part. There's, you notice I skipped one and yeah, you on, did. on this list, and, and there's I another one I'm about to skip. Yeah. Uh, but Bengals, same. Uh-huh. Broncos, honestly, if we move them anywhere, I think we move down. them down. I think okay. we move them down. I think, I think the Broncos Their season is over. They've conceded. They benched Russ. Congrats, congrats to the Broncos for graduating out of no chance, something that we at one point said was not possible, but you are back <laughs> in no chance, and we probably should have never moved you in the first place. But yeah. you won six straight games, so you yeah. earned it. All right, the two teams that we need to consider then moving up, because Carolina, Arizona, the Giants, uh, New England, Tennessee, Las Vegas. Honestly, maybe we need to circle. But does Vegas need to move up? We don't need to do a massive discussion here, but I, I don't feel like Vegas belongs with these other teams since Pierce took over. They're like a top five defense since he's Yeah, they're over. playing really well. I think they're like four and three since he's taken over. Yeah, so I'm, congrats, Vegas. You replaced the Broncos. Yeah. You're the AFC West team that has graduated out of the basement into the, uh, the ground floor of the home, but you're still not allowed upstairs. Uh, so the Jets, Commanders, Chargers, Falcons, and Broncos are in no chance. Yep. Uh, which leaves the Tampa Bay Buccaneers... And the Cleveland Browns. We got to move Browns the Browns up. Got have to. have clinched a playoff spot. Yep. And, like, do I really think they have a that much of a – like, their puncher's chance is pretty small. But they're ten, a 10-win ten team. Their defense has is, is kind of righted itself after a little bit of a blip in the middle of the season. And Flacco has given their offense – like, it's, it's a high-wire act. He's throwing picks all over the place. But he keeps having, like, three picks – Three or three touchdown, two interception games. As long as he keeps having the three touchdowns and the two interceptions, you can live with. But he's with also, that defense. Yeah, I, I think 
the fact that he's been able to unlock Amari Cooper as well, because Coop is back to like Dallas Coop, where he was putting up monster numbers. Um, the fact that I he's back there. I don't know why people hate Amari Cooper. Hate may be a strong word. I don't know why people don't respect Because he's not Amari a vocal Cooper. guy, man. I, I think you got to have like some type of charisma with you if you're going to be that good and that dominant. He doesn't say anything, though. He just plays. No, he doesn't. He just plays, and he gets first downs, and he makes catches, and he's tough, and he blocks, and he does all the stuff that you want out of wide receiver except for talk. <laughs> he's nasty. I, um, I've been on the Amari Cooper is way better than everyone gives him credit for, trained for a long time. Yeah. And uh, I'm being proven right again. And then there are the Bucks. I think we I move him up, man. That Baker, really? he's found something, Craig. He's found something. Mike Evans is going crazy. Chris Godwin got in, uh, involved a couple of games ago. Rashad White is taking up. The offense looks good. They get healthy defensively. Be a division champ. You you technically have a puncher's chance. I just you don't like, you I don't, don't think believe in like Baker. I think the Bills beat them eight out of ten times. You never know, you, and that's kind of my thing. Who who's checking Mike Evans from them? You don't know. All right. No, we can move them up. I think if the Texans are up, then the Bucks are fair. Yes. All right. So that leaves Puncher's Chance, our second best category. Bills, Texans, Rams, Seahawks, Browns, Bucks. Interesting, but not quite good enough. A shrinking uh, Steelers, New Orleans, Indy, Green Bay, Minnesota, Bengals, Jags, Raiders, and then no chance. Uh, well, everybody else. I think playoff uh, hopes are going to be shattered this weekend, so – going to be a lot so of people in no chance next week. If if people get eliminated from the playoffs, are they automatically in no chance? Is that how that works? Are we just going to empty out the interesting but not quite good enough category? I mean, the purpose of this is for the Super Bowl. So if, you, if you've been eliminated, I, I guess you, you might as well. I guess that, that de- by definition is no chance. Yeah. So there's there's that. I thought there's no chance we need Don Van Nata's services again before the <laughs> end of 2023. But – Lo and behold, uh, our old buddy, pal, the Pulitzer Prize winning journalist from ESPN, who uh, is probably most responsible on the journalism side for taking down Dan Snyder. uh, He wrote a story yesterday on a new federal lawsuit from one of Snyder's former minority partners that is suing Bank of America uh, around the commander's sale. No, you don't need to fret. There's nothing in terms of Josh Harris, et cetera, that you need to worry about, but this could get ugly for the NFL if this thing goes to discovery uh, in in technical legal terms, a.k.a. a whole lot of emails could go out into the public record and it could be very bad for Roger Goodell. How bad? Don joins us next. It's the Hoffman Show on the Team 980 and always live on the free Odyssey app.